All right, we're live on Monero Talk with Ben Armstrong, aka BitBoy or BitBoy Crypto, I believe. Uh, hold on, hold on one second, Ben. Okay. No problem. I'm getting feedback. All right, I'm good. Um, so yeah, Ben, what's going on, man? Uh, actually, I didn't. I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't. I didn't really know about you. I, didn't, I don't. I don't watch you on YouTube. Um, but Winky Wink Toshi or Wiki Toshi Wiki Oshi Wiki Oshi reached we out to me yeah. and he's like he's like you got to get this guy out <laughs> um, and uh, you know did some, went to the YouTube checked you out I was like all right this guy this guy uh, has got some interesting opinions he obviously uh, has been in the space for a little while uh, a hell of a lot more subscribers than I do let's <laughs> let's, let's get him on let's talk Monero Perfect. let's talk Bitcoin. So you got you got bit in your name. So I assume you're first and foremost a Bitcoin guy. Is that is that accurate or not at all? No, totally inaccurate. Okay. <laughs> so um, basically, the name comes from which it's funny. I was on my own podcast, Beards and Bitcoins, this morning. We we recorded an episode and we were talking about this on there as well. Um, Bitboy is actually a pretty common name in the space, and I didn't know that when I when I came up with it. There's actually a new hardware wallet called Bitboy. There's actually a Game Boy type. Uh, game called BitBoy, uh, and there's actually the creator of the Bitcoin logo went by the uh, moniker BitBoy, which I didn't know until recently. That was very interesting. But I came up with the name because my channel was originally supposed to be a cartoon series called BitBoy and Hodl. It was about a superhero, uh, you know, crypto superhero named BitBoy, and then his sidekick, and they fought. You know, Doctor Fudd was the enemy. Which all that is still in the works. We're still trying to get that get that out. But uh, pretty early on in the channel, I, I switched over to doing news videos, and then uh, since the name of my channel was BitBoy, people started calling me BitBoy, and that's how I, I'm. I'm a 36 year old man, about to be 37, and people call me BitBoy. But I've just uh, learned to live with it. So uh, you right, know. It's, Good branding, anyways. So, so it, it's like Satoshi. We we are all yeah. Bitboy. We exactly. Are all... We're all Bitboy. That's right. <laughs> all right. So how did uh how'd you get into crypto, um and, and how'd you start the channel? What's uh what's your story? What's your crypto story? Yeah. So I got into Bitcoin in 2012. So a lot of people who got in around that time were coming for Silk Road, and I was not. I always like to make the you know distinction. Um, not that there's anything, you know, wrong with that per se, but that's not how I got into it. I got into it through a computer software that I had to buy. And the U S government had shut down that guy's website because he was sued by Craigslist. And, um, you know, I can, can just shut down a website when someone from another country doesn't answer a lawsuit. So they shut down his website and he started taking Bitcoin. That would have been, you know, uh, in the middle of 2012, um, in my first Bitcoin purchase in early December of 2012, um, uh, had some money left over in my account at some point. Uh, Mount Gox, I used Mount Gox and Bit Instant back there or back then. Had some money left over in my account, and uh, in between a couple payments I had for the software, the price just skyrocketed, and um, I sold I sold a lot of my Bitcoin back then um, on uh, through local Bitcoins, and I made several thousand dollars and was pretty happy with that. Of course, that amount would have been worth you know easily easily seven figures. Um, much more than that during the bull run with as many as, mu as many purchases as I made. So, um, however, I did have it all in Mount Gox. So I had sold out, and then whatever I had left was in Mount Gox. So I have a small payment coming back from them. Um, but I just got really, really interested in it at that point. But because of the Mount Gox crash, like it kind of felt like at that point that it was over. 
you know? And so I stayed watching it. The price went up and down. And then obviously in 2017, when things started taking off, I got a lot more interested again. Um, and more, more so than just following, you know, my the amount that it was on Coinbase, uh, which is what I did, you know, off and on for all those years in the middle. And in 2018, early 2018, I decided I was going to start, you know, the cartoon. And then that led to me doing news videos. My friend said, man, you got, you just have a good way of explaining things to people. So you should do this. And, um, yeah, so I've just been, you know, doing, doing the crypto full-time thing for about a year now. So, so, uh, Hmm. So what made you sell during like the, uh, so the Mount right before Mount Gox mm -hmm. was like that our first or not our, the, one of the largest route, right? That's like when we went to 1300 and then we we're on our way down from 1300 and that's when yeah. Mount, Mount Gox happened. Yeah. Um, you were selling during that time. Why were you selling during that time? You weren't a, a, a full believer yet? No, or what not was at your, all. No, no, I was I, I wasn't a believer at all back then. Um, okay. and 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 that that is what has driven me to do what I do in the space now is because now I am a believer. And so I, I tell this story about when I sold the Bitcoin on uh, localbitcoins.com, uh, which is I met an Asian guy in a McDonald's. You know, we we used the Wi-Fi connection, and he got lost meeting me there. Uh, and I live in Atlanta, and it, it was close. You know, to, he went to the wrong McDonald's in Atlanta, and so. Um, I had about 45 minutes there just sitting in the McDonald's waiting to sell, you know, my Bitcoin. And I was like, you know what, maybe I should get more interested in this. Maybe I should really like figure out what's going on. Well, the number one side explaining who Satoshi was and what Bitcoin and crypto was at that time, like it looked like a GeoCities website. Like it, it was terrible. It looked like, like Space Jam website from 1995, you know? And I was reading, and at that point, I don't think the general the general crypto public knew if there was even such a thing at that point that Satoshi was not like a random man in Japan because the article I read was like, this is a guy in Japan. You know, he's the creator of this. He really controls it all. And it was just like, it was misinformation too. So I just remember reading it like, what is this blockchain technology? I couldn't wrap my head around any of it because I don't, I don't have a computer background. I have an internet marketing background, but I don't have a computer background um, in terms of like IT. I can do web design and things, but not on on the more technical side of things. So, you know, for, for me, it was really just, I didn't really understand what I had my my hands around. And you know, what's really interesting is, have you ever, have you ever heard of uh, this, um, this currency scam with the Vietnamese dong? Have you ever heard of this? What was what's this, what was the, the scam? Vietnamese dong? That's the legitimately. It's called the dong. I swear. Okay. Okay. So there's a popular scam that's been going back on since like the 80s, I think, or maybe early 90s, where basically there's you know this rumor that if you buy a bunch of this Vietnamese dong, there's something crazy happening with it, and you can make a bunch of money. And my friend's dad that same day was trying to get me involved in this, and I remember my friend and I having a conversation about that. While I, I'm in the middle of selling this Bitcoin and his dad's trying to talk him into this crazy currency scam, we literally had a conversation where we were like, man, there's got to be something out there where we could just, you know, there's got to be some big come up where if you invest in something like you can make a ton of money, not even realizing like it was right there in front of our face the whole time, you know? So that's usually how it goes down. Isn't it? Yeah, I got, I got in at, so at that peak and when it was hitting like 1300 mm -hmm. or on its way down. So that was like early December, 2013, right, yeah. whatever it was. And, uh, well, Mount Gox, I was, I, I mean, uh, you know, I didn't have money in Mount Gox. So I was actually, I was, oh, nice. Mount Gox was a great thing for me because I was like, all right, here we go. It's going yeah. down. 
and at that point I was or I was already a believer. I was like, I was like, you know, I, I kind of uh, grasped it to the level where I knew, all right, you know, Mount Gox doesn't equal Bitcoin. Right. Bitcoin's it's its own animal. Um, so yeah, a little bit different. But then, uh, you know, it. I started hearing early on talk of the, the, you know, the issue with Bitcoin, the fact that, that, you know, I understood that, you know, the, the, the ledger was transparent, but I didn't really understand the repercussions of that right away. You know, and people yeah. were saying, oh, things could be blacklisted. And, uh, but that didn't really like, that didn't really fully like grasp me. I wasn't like, or oh, I was kind of like, well, big deal, you know, like who cares? It, it works. Uh, and then, as I got into it, actually, when, when the bubble really started to happen, I was like, you know what? I, I don't want everybody to to know how much Bitcoin I have, you know, realizing, you know, I'm using Coinbase to buy it yeah. and I'm sending my transactions. And that was kind of my path to Monero, the, the, the realization of the fact, oh, wait, maybe every, you know, everybody could potentially or, or you know, governments or the powers that be uh, could follow and track and see my money. Did you have, did you, did you make that trajectory as well? Did you ever have that moment? Is that, are, are you, well, did you go down that path? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not really, I understand the importance of privacy, obviously. Um, I think that uh, I've been doing a, a series on my channel called the war on Bitcoin, where I've been talking about a lot of big brother stuff, you know, how, uh, you know, a cashless society is something that, you know, the whole world is actually heading to and how that's really just cashless in crypto, people hear cashless society and they're like, yes, we need to get rid of fiat. No, 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 no. A cashless society is an idea. It does not have anything to do with your physical paper money. A cashless society has to, everything to do with the powers that be being able to track every single thing that you do. That's why you get rid of cash, not, not because it has anything to do with fiat. So I, I definitely do understand the importance of privacy. For, for me personally, I never really have gone down the full route of privacy coins. I, I have... Definitely invested in some. I do have some. Uh, Monero, by far and away, I, I do feel like is the best one. I, I don't think um, you know that's something I would really argue. Um, but at the same time, the government is that thin line between like I know the privacy is important, but yet I feel like the governments are going to try to do everything they can to stop the privacy coins. And that to me makes it a little risky if we look at just what happened with Zcash getting removed from Coinbase. That was because Coinbase had basically severed their tie with Barclays Bank. And then ClearBank is the new bank that is now working with them to do instant withdrawals for their customers in the UK. But part of that agreement was they had to remove Zcash off of their site. So, you know, we're already kind of seeing that. And, you know, it, the argument can be made like, yeah, of course. I mean, privacy coins will still have value if people trade them back and forth. Um, but, you know, if the, the on-ramps and the off-ramps, you know, continue to get attacked by big institutions and, you know, the UK tax authorities sending out all these letters to exchanges saying they want every transaction from every customer, it's just kind of a scary time. It's almost like, yeah, you can, if you have Monero, that's great if you use a wallet to wash it with, like Wasabi or something like that, like that's great. But if you're buying it on an exchange, then you're still going to be tracked, you know? So that that's kind of my general, you know, thought on privacy coins. They just feel a little, a little more of a risky investment to me. But they, I don't want to call them a necessary evil because they're not evil. But you, you, I think you understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I do. Um, I actually look at it the opposite way, as you mm. can imagine. Uh, this yeah, being of course. Monero <laughs> talk. Um, reason being, I see, I see the 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 fear with regulation and these things. 
being an indicator that Monero works and it's uh, achieving the value proposition of what crypto was meant to achieve, which is to be uh, this, you know, um, open source technology, uh, cypherpunk uh, that can be used to transfer value peer to peer without anybody, you know, uh, stopping your transactions, censoring your transactions. So because it works so well, uh, there's a fear that it may be regulated. So for me, it's just an indication that it's actually living up to the value proposition of crypto, whereas something like Bitcoin that we're that we're seeing is currently being embraced almost by we're almost at that point where it's being embraced by governments. And like yeah. you said, uh, this cashless society is a thing, uh, an idea uh, that governments, uh, you know, are 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 potentially trying to uh, get people to, uh, you know, get rid of the cash. Let's all let's all pour it on into the digital world where we could conveniently uh, see your transactions move. Right. And now and now here comes Bitcoin. At first, they were fearful of it when they didn't understand it. Uh, but now that they do, they're like, you know what? Use all the Bitcoin you want. Uh, yeah. it's, how can, how it's, can we it's, control it? It's it's a way for you now to to opt in to a cashless society. Right. Um, you got you know it's like people thinking they're 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 opting out and they might potentially be opting in. So I see it kind of as an indicator that Monero is doing the job of what crypto is supposed to be doing. Do you have any opinion there? I mean, don't you think what what do you think the value proposition of crypto is? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely totally totally agree with you in terms of Monero is much closer to what cryptocurrency is supposed to be rather than what Bitcoin has become. Um, but in a lot of ways, I would just say the entire space has evolved very far to a point where it's a Pandora's box that I don't think we can close. And to me, you know, it's it's almost like that feeling of well, if you if you can't beat them, join them. But if you want to have you know some Monero on the side, you know, you can do that as well if that makes sense. Because um, you know, I, 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 the traceability of Bitcoin obviously is not is only going to get easier over time for governments. Um, so I guess at some point we just kind of have to pick and choose our battles. If that makes sense. That does make sense. You know what? My battery, my battery is dying fast and I'm, and I lost my plug over here. Can, can you give me one second? Yeah, yeah sure. No, no problem. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, no problem. A&W Diet Root Beer, it's great. It's a drink of choice, drink of champions. Also by BitConnect. It's a great new project. You guys should look into it. Okay. You're a trooper today, man. No problem. Take Were we it. still live during that part? What's up? Were we still just live? Yeah, we're still live. Because I, because I tried you do anything to, silly? I, well, I tried to shield <laughs> in my AMW Diet Root Beer. I was hoping somebody could watch it. And also, I told him about this really new coin, this really cool new coin they should buy called BitConnect. It's like really cool. You guys should get into it. Oh, wait. You know what? This charger's still not working. Shit, oh, not. shit. It's for your computer? Yeah, hold on. Yeah, hold on. Okay. Yeah, see, I'm wearing a Blockbuster shirt. 
What will be the next blockbuster in crypto? Safest job in 1995, blockbuster manager. I recently did a street video at DragonCon in Atlanta where people dress up like uh, superheroes and stuff. I didn't dress up. And uh, somebody dressed up like Blockbuster Manager. It was my favorite costume. All right. We're good. All right. Great. I just explained to them. Uh, why, uh, why not to buy Monero? No, I explained to them that I'm wearing my Blockbuster shirt. And Blockbuster Manager was the safest job in 1995. <laughs> and, now, and now look at it. Is, yeah. is Bitcoin the next Blockbuster? I don't know. Uh, yeah. We'll Perfect example. Um, so, all right. I, I, I see what you're saying. So, so is so Bitcoin is is your coin then? No, I mean, that, well, that, I mean, I'm not I, I'm not a maximalist. I, I I do believe in a. This is where I really veer off from the Bitcoin maximalist because I do believe in a fully tokenized economy. I believe that one day having your own coin will be akin to having your own website. I think every retail store will have their own coin. I think that's really just you know where we're going. The question is, will we have a bubble that pops um, like? Uh, the tech bubble had, you know, will we have a, bu a bubble that pops where all these websites with the way of the dinosaur? And then we look back on them in the future and we say, man, you know what? That pets.com sure was a great idea or the web van. Like look at the web van. Web van was a great idea. Get your groceries delivered to your house. It was just about 20 years too early. And so that's what I worry about with a lot of the crypto projects out there right now. Um, I mean, privacy coins or store value coins. I mean, they're, they're obviously just fall into a completely different category. But for all of your utility tokens, like so, there's so so many great ideas out there. But are they just all too early? That's the question. So, um, but yeah. I do believe Bitcoin will. Personally, I believe Bitcoin will always stay number one. Um, I think it is the Godfather. It's definitely not the best by any stretch of the imagination, but it's the most secure. It's the oldest. It's the most proven, and it has the first movers advantage. So, I, I do feel like Bitcoin will continue to be number one. Who knows? Maybe it will go the way of MySpace one day, and we and Facebook is just sitting out there. Um, but at this point, there's no reason to think that that is going to happen other than just kind of, you know, judging other sectors and niches. So, but I, I, you, I, you don't think the reason that it, that it lacks the fungibility and that it's not actually true digital cash is significant. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a Bitcoin gold 2.0 guy. I, I, I think it's much more like gold. I think it's going to be seen more like gold. Um, than cash. And I think that the reason why it will stay number one is even though there are much better options for um, digital cash, uh, like obviously it was in, in the white paper subtitle, um, there's a lot of competitors to be that digital cash system. So we right, might be five or six that succeed as a cash system or even more, but I think Bitcoin is going to be pretty much gold. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have that market cornered, I think. So. And but is it one? Is it one of the fundamental features of gold the fact that it's fungible? Like you know, every, well, you know, every, every think, unit of gold, every atom of gold equals every other atom of gold. Uh, I yeah, mean, doesn't, that, doesn't that come into play? I mean, I understand the, I understand the fungibility argument that you know privacy coins try to make against Bitcoin. Like I understand it. Basically, it's. You have a terrorist that use, uses Bitcoin, that address gets blacklisted. So, you know, if somehow that amount of Bitcoin makes it to your wallet, then you can't spend it. So therefore that is not as equal. That, that since it's basically worthless, is not equal to another Bitcoin. If you got one Bitcoin that's worthless because it can't be used because it was blacklisted. Um, but I, I, I think that, you know, obviously most people are buying their Bitcoin on exchanges 
And they now say that less than 1% of all Bitcoin transactions, I mean, obviously this has a lot to do with exchanges, um, but less than 1% of all transactions are for you know nefarious activities, dark web. That number is going to continue to dwindle due to the fact that um, uh, due to the fact that it's becoming more and more and more traceable. So at this point, I don't think that argument, in my opinion, is very strong. Now, but is it like, know. but but black, you know, one percent is used for crime. How, what crime? What's the crime? I mean, uh, you know, yeah. there, there's there's governments, people deciding, uh, making these moral decisions for us as Fair enough. To what is and isn't crime, right? So, yeah. like, the tool itself should just work freely for anyone, uh, and it shouldn't be people shouldn't really be able to decide, uh, you know, what gets blacklisted and not, right? Shouldn't it just kind of function freely as a tool that anybody can use, and wouldn't well, that allow it, it, for a more fluid economy, right? I, I mean, it, it it does though. And I think maybe I would have to understand a little more in depth of how exactly a, a Bitcoin could stay blacklisted, right? Because if you could sell something on localbitcoins.com, I mean, it's not going to have a blacklist, you know, a list of blacklisted addresses. There are wallets, I believe, that you could send it and wash it to. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of options um, for people, there still are, regardless of the traceability of Bitcoin, uh, due to, uh, you know, exchanges, Binance, Coinbase, several of the other big sites. I mean, there are still decentralized exchanges. I think if, if someone really, if I'll just tell you like this, if I got 10 Bitcoin sent to me and, you know, somehow they tried to blacklist my address, whoever the moral authority is, let's just, let's just call it the, you know, FBI, CIA, whoever it is. Um, you know, uh, what is what is the exact division of the U.S. government that, that uh, blacklist addresses? Uh, they, they blacklisted those guys' addresses in Turkey or in uh, Iran for the Good Sam uh, hack. Do you know yeah, anything about it was, that? Uh, it was the Treasury Department of it. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, no, yeah. I could, I, could be, I could be wrong. I think, you, uh, I think you're right. Yeah, is it, yeah. it, but it's a, it's a sub, it, the criminal division of the Treasury Department, yeah, whatever yeah, that is. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's some moral authority that blacklists, you know, my Bitcoin. I, I'm pretty confident I could still find a way to get my value for it one way or another. Yeah, but, but, um, but, but why, right? So why, why not use a, a better tool where that's, you know, cause, cause it all yeah. harkens back to this cypherpunk, this cypherpunk idealism right. of creating this tool that could be used as free speech money where we could fluidly transact peer to peer. And then, so why, why use the, the hindered broken version of that where yeah, it might, it's peer to peer until it's, until it's not, until somebody comes in and says, Hey, uh, we're, 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 we're yeah. blacklisting these wallets or we're, you know, who knows? One day, maybe even uh, prevent censoring transactions themselves. That's another thing too. I mean, how about the uh, the centralization uh, of miners and things like that? Mm -hmm. Do you do you consider those things issues in Bitcoin? Yeah, I do. I do, um, and mainly not necessarily from like a crypto standpoint, but and there was actually a really interesting thread on Reddit today that I did not get to read all the comments on. I was wanting to look at talking about something I've been considering um, over the past couple months or last month at least. So when I talked to um, a group of a group of guys that knew nothing about crypto, three or four guys, uh, you know, it's for me, it's an easy segue to talk about crypto whenever I meet new people and they're like, so what do you do? And I'm like, ah, well, I have this YouTube channel, you know, and then like, what's it about? You know, and so it's cryptocurrency. And then I got to explain what it is. Um, most people have heard of Bitcoin. The ironic thing here is, 
Most people have heard of Bitcoin. Most people know two things about it. It's a digital currency and it's untraceable. That's what they think they know about it, which is very interesting. Right. But, exactly. you know, I explained to them, you know, everything about Bitcoin. I'm like, well, it can't be hacked. You know, I mean, Bitcoin can't really be hacked. It technically could. It had to be a 51% attack, but it'd be really hard because there's so many, you know, nodes on the network and miners and yada, yada, yada. And the guy said, well, show me something that claims it can't be attacked. And I'll show you the number one target to get attacked. And so they're thinking about that and then thinking about how many of these physical miners are in China, you know, and how many of these mining pools are in China. And the two, you know, Bitmain pools that at one point were making up, I think, 43% of the hash rate, something like that. Um, you know, it, when China is pretty much already declared world war on everybody with their five-year financial plan and that they've already been, uh, you know, state-sponsored hacking of all of these industries across the world that they're trying to be number one in. Um, it's a little scary to think that, who knows, man, maybe maybe Bitmain's working with China already. Maybe that is a plan. You know, if, it, if Bitcoin did become, you know, world reserve currency, something like that, I mean, China could just take it over and then they control the world. So um, it is kind of a scary proposition. So that's, you know, that that's definitely why I do believe more in uh, Bitcoin as gold you know, not that it's a currency because it's got all, all kinds of different issues um, with currency and transactions. And, you know, you asked me about, you know, why wouldn't I use something better? Well, I mean, if I wanted to use something for a transaction, I would use something different. Um, Bitcoin, yeah, but even, but even it's gold, right? Gold, gold even, yeah. if, even if it's just sitting there on your wallet and you intend to just hold, hodl or whatever and not use yeah. it, as, as gold, it, it, it breaks down as, as a useful thing if, if, you know, mining is centralized and people can potentially censor your transactions right so great it's yeah. sitting there but then when you go to use it right it's well but I, I i would think and obviously i'm not inside the heads of the chinese government which is something i'm looking more and more into is so interesting all the stuff that's going on with with china right now and their, their leadership um but it, i would think that if bitcoin i would think the motivation for them to try to overtake bitcoin would be a lot higher if it was a currency than if it was gold. You know, I mean, that would be my my way of thinking because if it's gold, you have people's investments. But if it's if Bitcoin is more looked at as a currency, then you're kind of controlling the flow of money across the world. You know, so that's that's my thought on it. I've I, I put some considerable amount of thought into all this, but it is a very complicated situation. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess basically if. I, I, I agree with the thesis that, you know, uh, Bitcoin is trying to be gold, but I just mm -hmm. think Monero does that better. Like, I, I do think the value proposition of this stuff is uh, let's have something that's like digital gold uh, and then could also be used as cash. Right. There's yeah. no reason why, because it's digitally. Right. So yeah. it's digital. So once it's once it's functioning like gold in terms of the fact that, uh, you know, it's secure and whatever, uh, why can't you then use it uh, as, as a currency as yeah. well? Well, I mean, gold, gold itself can be used as a currency as well. So right, it's just yeah, yeah. well, it's a little impractical, right? Yeah. So like, but obviously, if in digital form, there's no reason why that should be impractical. You're right. Uh, but the hard, the hard part, the hard thing to get right is uh, the decentralized nature of it, the fact that it can't, that it's censorship resistant. Those are the hard things to do. That's the hard thing to pull off. And obviously, Bitcoin has done that to a very large degree. But in my mind, it seems to have some critical flaws and won't be able to ultimately do it unless it somehow morphs and becomes more like Monero and somehow adopts fungibility on the protocol level. But so, what I guess, 
Go ahead. I was going to say, let let me ask you a question. I'm I'm used sure. to asking the questions. <laughs> I I, I'm, I do many more interviews than being on the other side. Um, no worries. So yeah. for you, being someone that is a you know diehard Monero fan, and you know a, kind of the opposite of a Bitcoin maximalist, you have a coin where you think should be the top coin should be uh, above Bitcoin. Um, I understand ideologically that that's what you want. And that that is something that you feel like the cyberpunk movement, like they had a point, they had a goal. Bitcoin is not living up to that. Monero is. But realistically, how do you see that playing out in the future? I mean, do, do you honestly believe that Monero can overtake Bitcoin and that it can be the number one coin? Uh, yeah. So my, my ideology is not with Monero per se. It's with gotcha. uh, di digital cash, right? So okay. which one I think is fulfilling the value proposition of digital cash the best. And so uh, Bitcoin is the, what I originally thought would be. And then obviously it led me to Monero. Do I think? Yeah, I do. I do think it's possible. Um, it's, you know, uh, fun, I think fundamentally, you know, if, if this were a race, yes. So like, you know, Bitcoin's way out in the lead. Yeah. But uh, if it's it's lacking some uh, some components that are slowly going to deteriorate it over time. Uh, I mean, the fungibility is just one thing. The uh, it's it, it, the tendency for it to become more centralized because it's uh, because of the ASICs. Um, the security of the network, uh, as you know, Bitcoin, uh, 21 million and it stops. So wh why, why are the miners going to continue to mine? Right. So mm -hmm. whereas Monero has the tail emission. So there's, there's these things that I, which I think, uh, and you know, were thought about when Monero was created in 2013, 14, um, as, as improvements upon Bitcoin to, to make it more like digital gold and digital cash. So I do, I do think it's possible. Um, I, I think maybe the more likely scenario is Bitcoin sits there, stands there for a very long time and Monero becomes number two uh, and sits there as number two for a long time. But then you gotta ask yourself that you're like, then it's like, well, if it's number two at that point, why wouldn't it just overtake number one? Like what, it, what is Bitcoin really providing at that point, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, as, as crazy as it sounds, I do, I do see there being a path um, because I don't really see the path for Bitcoin. I don't really see how, how it adapts and becomes more like digital cash. I feel like the window has, is closing. The protocol itself has ossified. It can't really be changed at this point due to the politics and the momentum that, the, so it's not, you know, there's first mover advantage, but there's kind of first movers disadvantage as well, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously it's, it's kind of lost its startup vibe. It can't really pivot. Can, it, it can't adapt, right? It yeah. can't adapt. So I, I do see, I do see a path to, to, to it becoming number one. I think, I think I look at cryptocurrency. Um, I, I don't think cryptocurrency is going to be around for very long. And what, what I mean by that is, we still have an incredible amount of, you know, time relatively to to make money with cryptocurrency and to see this. I I think probably thirty to fifty years. I think we'll be on to something totally different. Um, so that is one thing that really scares me about the general slow track we're on with adoption right now. Because I'll tell you, I, I I do street videos uh, once a week where I go talk to people out on the street about Bitcoin and. <laughs> I, I even go to a nerd conference and nobody there knows, <laughs> you know, so um, unless it's a crypto conference, you can guarantee pretty much nobody, nobody at any, sorry, I always play with poker chips while I'm doing these interviews and I always drop them at least once. Um, but 
you know, even people at, like I said, that the conference I went to where people are dressing up like anime and there's gamers everywhere. We talked to one guy out of 40 um, who owned Bitcoin. He actually owned Dogecoin. That, and Dogecoin and Bitcoin, those were his two Bitcoins. And outside of that, nobody else knows about it really. And so um, the slow track that we're on concerns me because, you know, quantum computers, you know, quantum computers in the next probably, that's why I say 30 years, about 30 years probably until quantum computers are able to be in people's houses. Right now, there's only a few in the world, and I think they have to be at negative 100 degrees Celsius or something that the room has to be. It's cra it's crazy, um, you know, in inconvenient to try to have one of these quantum computers. So we're way far away from that. But eventually, we'll have computers that can crack absolutely anything. So by the time that happens, we'll have to, you know, go to something else. So the fact that the miners, you know, after 2140, when they're all mined, that you know, what are they going to do? Well, we'll be lucky if the world's here in 2140. So um, I like to think of things kind of in that next 30 to 50 year block. Like anything that's outside of that, I, I'm not even concerned about it. And if you look at, you know, currencies around the world, how long any currency's really been the, the standard. I mean, the US dollar right now is definitely on its last leg, historically speaking. Um, so it is time for something else to take over, but I just don't think it'll be, you know, I, I, I don't think people in, 50 years we'll be using Bitcoin or Monero or anything like that. I think who knows, we may actually have to go backwards, <laughs> you know, once, once there's so much tracking on everything that you do, you know, maybe a subculture will rise up if that makes sense. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I disagree. I do. I do. Whether it's Bitcoin, Monero, I do think one of these things will take us the next couple of thousand years oh, wow. if anything i mean yeah i mean we have, but we have nothing we no, nothing in history's lasted that long well uh i mean money itself right so money money the idea of fiat yeah. has been around for quite some time before oh, that whatever we, you know so this is this is a new this point. is this is you know we went from from i mean i don't want to get the facts wrong but basically basically money's been the same throughout all of history right all it has been is people people keeping track of value, right? They used, used to keep track of it in your mind, right? That was yeah. the days of barter. Um, but now, and then fiat was a way to do it. And that allowed people, uh, obviously there's a lot of efficiencies there in, with using something like fiat or whatever it is, things that, something that I mean, actually represent money, right? Because, yeah, yeah. right, for two people, you know, if you if you have eggs and I have a cow, but but you don't want meat, but I need eggs, barter barter breaks down yeah. but, if we, but if you have seashells and i have seashells we can trade so and that lasted for quite some time you know seashells and fiat is still basically seashells but now with with bitcoin and monero we've we've created the ledger we've actually it's no longer uh you know representations it actually is a fit uh, a real ledger that's keeping track of value and it's a trusted ledger and if as long as it maintains its decentralized nature uh, and it could be, and it can't be censored. I mean, you basically solved money in its in its purest form by my by keeping this ledger. So, what happens after a ledger? I do not know. I feel like at that point, it's well, no, we, well, it's no longer saying... it's no longer about money at that point. Then humans are no longer yeah. tracking value. They no longer care. But if if we care about tracking value, the best way to do it is with a shared ledger where we all agree upon what the ledger says. Yeah. So, and that really is what this technology is trying to do. So, I think whichever does that the best, and if it wins, will will maintain its status for quite some time because now you'll have that one world ledger. Yeah. 
Well, you know, what one thing that, you know, I, I have several reasons why I've come to that conclusion. And that's why I think it's, a, that's why like I'm, my focus on my channel now is adoption. Like that's my focus. I'm getting out, I'm going to conferences, I'm talking to people on the street. I'm trying to push adoption because I'm trying to do everything that I can to get this technology intact because there are so many different things that do scare me about the the future, not, not in the next five years, not in the next 10 years. But I mean, the fact that we've already gone from blockchain to so many different projects that are now, you know, cryptocurrency ledger systems that are, you know, not even blockchain, like uh, Holochain, um, you know, the, uh, the, the DAG protocols out there and stuff like that. Um, there, there's so many, uh, the, the tangle with IOTA, for instance, is a great example. Um, there's so many projects that are already trying to move past blockchain. So while it is still a ledger system, it, it's like, I feel like there's always people already, the technology just advances so fast in every space already trying to look to the next thing. So, you know, I don't think that'll stop and who knows, maybe some, somebody will find something better than what we have right now. There's a chance that every just standard blockchain project that we have out there right now won't make it because somebody will come up with something new at Amazon right now is trying to create something. Have you seen, have you seen the thing they're trying to create? No, what's that? It's Gosh. related to crypto or, uh, I just, I just saw it today. Uh, maybe some of your viewers could, could look it up what Amazon is trying to do. They're actually trying to create a competitor to cryptocurrency right now. So, you know, I, I, I wish I had the article right in front of me cause I can't remember exactly what it said. Um, but it, they're not trying to make their own coin. They're trying to create a competitor to cryptocurrency. So there's just a lot of it. Technology is such a crazy space right now. So, um, it, it, it's really hard to say now in a perfect world where cryptocurrency lasts 150, 200 years or longer or thousands of years, like you say, or like you, you think it will, then, you know, <laughs> I give an arrow a much better shot. <laughs> All right. I, I, let's. Let's do our quick uh, sponsor sure. break, if you don't yeah, mind. So uh, to, to, to those of you that are watching uh, and that have watched Monero talk for quite some time, we finally uh, decided to uh, go the sp sponsor route uh, as a way to sustain this show uh, and to support the journalism. We like to call it journalism here that's, that's been going on. Uh, so uh, probably to no surprise to those of you have, who have been tuning in, our first sponsor is uh, Cake Wallet. Uh, we always talk about it very highly on this show uh, because we we I, I personally use Cake Wallet. We use personally use Cake Wallet, and we use it because we think it's the you know the true open source Monero wallet for iOS. Uh, it's been vetted by the community. Uh, I always say that I always sing this song uh, on Monero Talk. I talk very highly of Cake Wallet, so we've decided to make it official. Uh, so sponsored by Cake Wallet. Uh, I, you know, highly recommend anybody that has an iPhone and is looking to uh, use Monero, transact with Monero, store Monero to download Cake Wallet. Uh, the other thing I'd like to mention is uh, we we've uh, added a um, a link for Kraken uh, for so anybody that's looking to trade or buy or buy uh, Monero, you can go to our affiliate link and. Uh, it's a it's an easy way to buy Monero uh, through an exchange directly with fiat. And the last thing I want to bring up is our own little company that we're starting on the side is called Gratuitous. And I would love to get your feedback on this, actually. Uh, Gratuitous, it's basically a way to tip the producers behind products. So we're starting off with coffee. You can buy coffee at gratuitous.org. It's coffee from Brazil. And you can if you enjoy the coffee, you could send a tip with Monero 
directly to the farmers that farm the coffee. Uh, idea is maybe we'll add other products as well, uh, but that's gratuitous. And anybody that's you know a coffee drinker that watches this show, highly encourage you to buy you know a pound of coffee, and it will help support this show. What do you think? Of, what do you think of gratuitous? What do you think of that concept? I, I, I love tipping platforms. Um, obviously, I'm a, I'm a big supporter of Bray Browser. I, I really love basic attention token. Um, so I love the idea of microtransactions. I think the one thing I am a little concerned about with microtransactions is that really the and the and just the idea of tipping is that it's such a such a younger generation idea. Um, because your older generation, I mean, <laughs> I saw, this was funny. I can't remember who it was on Twitter. They said that, uh, someone had stolen their debit card and had bought a $60 meal at a restaurant. And even though it was a stolen card and they paid $60 for it, they still only tipped $4. <laughs> the guy was like, you stole my card. You could have at least tipped them better, you know? So, you know, everybody's trying to save a buck, but the newer generation that's coming up, uh, you know, watching streamers and, and, and donating to stri streamers, gamers, poker players, they they really get, I think, the tipping economy. And so I, I do believe the tipping economy is going to be huge. Um, I just wonder if it's going to be about 10 years away as opposed to, to right now. So, But however, with what you're starting with gratuitous, the great thing for you is that the only general population outside of that younger generation that understands tipping platforms is the cryptocurrency, uh, you know, uh, community. So, um, good luck with that. I ho hope that works out for you. I do like to drink coffee myself. Um, I, I like energy drinks too. And just a plug, I'm sponsored by A&W Diet Ruby. I'm not sponsored by them really. I wish they would. I, I drink so many of these things. If I get a 12 pack in the house, man, it's, it's better than, it's the only drink out there. That's a diet. That's actually tastes better than the regular. You guys try it. A&W not barks though, just A&W. <laughs> you're definitely you're definitely sponsored you will be yeah i hope I do i would love to be sponsored. a w ruby i would love to be sponsored by you because you do not have any bigger fan in the world than me so just get you just got a hundred extra user base and uh you'll, you'll <laughs> yeah. be right there um yeah man what, what else do you i know you gotta go right i know yeah, you're, yeah i got uh, a few minutes okay yeah yeah well we'll you know i stick around for three or four more minutes right. uh if, if, if you want to talk so i i do want to just say like i understand this is a monero show and I understand that I'm not a Monero rah-rah cheerleader guy, obviously. However, I, I do want your viewers to know I do fully support the idea of Monero. I fully support the cyberpunk movement. I support people not being able to spy on your transactions. I'm a huge supporter of that. And if it were if it were up to me, that is what I would want to see. And yes, Bitcoin does not. But it, is, it, it is up you know? to you. It's up to it's up to us and to lead innocent. the revolution. No. Yeah. Well, it. It is. I mean, you you have to weigh out, in my opinion, you know, I weigh out kind of the reality of the situation that is and the fact that I think that the powers that be, whoever you believe they are, the, the lizard people, the government, the aliens, whatever you think they are that are in control of the world, um, whether it's just the, you know, political leaders that we see, whether or not at this point, you know, I feel like they've got too much control already over cryptocurrency. I think they've got too much control over the future of the markets, obviously with the Bitcoin ETF, the SEC, all, all, all this stuff. So that that's really my thing is, you know, is that a hill I'm willing to die on right now and stake my entire future in cryptocurrency on? I, For me personally, I'm just not there yet. 
you know, who knows? Maybe I'll get there. Maybe, maybe some of your viewers can can come to my channel and make some comments and get me there. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I think what ultimately will 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 get people there is when real world things start to happen. You know, yeah. when, when we see more blacklisting. You know, when you get a letter from Coinbase and it's like, wait, how'd you know I did that with these coins? And you're like, yeah. wait a minute, I, that that doesn't seem right. I think that's what's going to start to open people's eyes. Uh, with all these blockchain analysis companies, when we start to see that start to they're surface, crazy, aren't they? yeah. Well, they're, 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 they're funded with a lot of money, and nobody's yep. nobody really knows what the repercussions are going to be yet. I mean, they're, they're that they're they're investing in something, right? That data is yeah. going to be used for something. And once we start to see that surface and however it starts to manifest, I think that's when people will start to really realize that there's repercussions here with using something like like that. That's that's what I think will will slowly move people over to uh, coins like Monero. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm a fan. I hope I hope it works out for you guys that are big Monero holders. I said I do hold some. Um, I, am, I am a fan of, of the you know privacy of money. I think it's a it's a key right that we should have. Just don't know if we'll be able to have it. <laughs> so um, yeah, we definitely wanted to, wanted to point that out there. Awesome, man. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm let's I'm good to wrap up. If sure. you are, I really appreciate yeah. you doing the show. Uh, if you ever want to come on, talk more about it uh, or what anything else you want to talk about, as long as we could somehow relate it to Monero, I would I would yeah. love to do that. I'd love to, to chat with you again. Uh, yeah, this, this, this was a lot of fun. It's been a very, very fun conversation for sure. Cool, man. I appreciate it. Thank you again. Thanks, Ben. Have a good right. one. See you. Bye. Yep. My hat was crooked the entire time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>